coming to a very, very special Scare Guy show, Home Edition, the place for news and insider opinions from the world of horror, fan conventions, TV shows, films, and everything that's scary, fun, and on this week's show, what an honor, we are talking with horror legend Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero is a Hollywood legend in horror, makeup, and special effects. His, his career spans so many classic films and TV shows, all the way back to George Romero's Day of the Dead, Halloween 5, Stephen King's Misery to Army of Darkness, Scream, and the TV mega hit Walking Dead. There's so much more, but the, the biography of this man is just so, so long. Anyways, together with his KNB EFX group, he has won Emmys, Oscars, and the adoration of fans the world over. He's also the executive producer of the brand new Creeps show, streaming. It's a horror anthology series. It's awesome. It's streaming on Shutter. Greg, we are so glad to have you. Welcome to the Scare Guys show. Oh, thanks, guys. Super, super exciting to be here. We are so excited. This is the, one of the best things that's ever happened to us. But like, first of all, let me introduce the other host who we have with us this week, Cheeseman. I'm Cheeseman in the chair, normally Cheeseman on the couch, here with thescareguy.com. And uh, I'm Katie, uh, AKA the final girl of the Scare Guy and ready to talk about some creepy stuff, excited. Yes, and also keeping us on track, producing the show tonight is Ryan. Ryan Nielsen in the booth. Hey, Ryan. So excited to be here. I am a massive fan of Greg's work. We, we are just so honored to have you here, Greg. Hey, Greg, can I ask you a question? Can you see, can you see us? Can you see yeah. the screen? Okay. I can, well, see all, I can see everybody's background. All right, fantastic. I saw well, the Eugene thing and Katie's. I saw <laughs> Luke's background with the Jaws poster. I can see all oh, your Walking Dead. I see <laughs> all right. Funko. <laughs> awesome. Well, Luke has a couple of photos, a, a few photos he wants to show you. Just uh, kind of talk yeah. about real quick. All right. And uh, Ryan, if you can pull those up for us, that would be great. And, um, yeah, now oh, you did some uh, recreations of a uh, scene from Jaws with three of the characters. We actually saw it at the Hero Complex Gallery. You premiered it like at Jaws Fest, right? Yes. Um, we just wanted to kind of mention that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what inspired it? Well, you know, the fun thing about doing special effects makeup is you can build all the toys you wanted when you were a kid. <laughs> so the the only thing that I felt I would never ever get a chance to do would be to recreate the shark. So I thought, well, you know, I'll recreate pieces of it. So we did this full-size Bruce head for, for the original Jaws Fest. And then when they did another one, they I wanted to recreate that scene. I just thought, oh, it'd be really kind of cool, like sort of do this museum quality uh, recreation of of hooper and brody and quint on the back of the orca yeah and it was so realistic too and you know i had um we had a life cast of richard dreyfus and we had a life cast of uh of roy scheider and nick mara mara sorry who's a who's a really talented sculptor does a lot of great stuff and and he sculpted the heads and then we molded them and punched all the hair in and body cast guys in the shop to make the bodies and the hands and everything. So where can you see it now? Actually, there's a, there's a a microbrewery that's supposed to open uh, in the San Fernando Valley that it's going to be on display a bunch along with some of our other props and things. 
Oh, uh, fantastic. So it'll be, it'll be uh, available. It was at the Catalina Museum. That was in a Jaws exhibit yep. uh, in, yep. in 2018. And I think I talked to Mopop uh, up in Seattle to see if they ever wanted to display it. It's just a cool piece that you know, right. need, people need to see it, you know. Now, All right, can I you don't... quickly tell us about the restoration of the fourth Bruce that you got from the junkyard? Yes. Well, the funny thing about that was that, so you got to flash back in time to 1975. Jaws comes out. Universal has this huge backlot tour. And all of a sudden, the way I imagine it is they start scrambling. Like, we got to have something from Jaws in the backlot because we have, like, the biggest movie in the world and we don't have anything to show for it. So they pulled the original molds out. I always, I don't know why, I have this vision of like a bunch of guys smoking cigarettes, like painting fiberglass <laughs> of the shark, and they hung it by the tail, and it was on display. So when you would go to the back lot at Universal, you could see <clears throat> a replica of the shark from Jaws. And they painted it green with like this weird like house paint mm -hmm. texture or something. I saw it in 1976, I was 13. Uh, when I went to Universal with my uncle and my cousins. So after a while, I think in the early 90s, they took the shark and they wanted to upgrade it because they didn't think it looked real enough. So it went to a junkyard in, in Silmar called You Pick Part. And people that were big Jaws fans would drive by the junkyard and you'd see it hanging there. And I think I went by there once and asked the owner, like, how much he wanted for it. Like, I wanted to buy it. Was, <laughs> it's the only remaining cast from the original molds from Jaws. Like, how much? And the guy's like, it's not for sale, you know, and kept blowing me off. And then finally, about three years ago, the junkyard closed. They donated it to the Motion Picture Academy Museum, and that's where I enter the picture. I had uh, reached out to the museum and said, listen, I'm happy to donate all of the labor that it would take to restore the shark as a, <laughs> a donation to the museum if you would let us restore it. So they brought the shark to the shop uh, January of 2019, and we spent six months, stripped everything off of it, all the layers of paint. We had to cut the inside of the mouth open to get inside to rebuild the inner structure. We sculpted, we had to redo the gills, and then I sculpted the interior of the mouth got castings from Roy Arbogast and Joe Elves of all the original teeth. So we, we rebuilt the inside of the mouth wow. and we repainted it and it's stunning. It looks amazing. Stunning. It does. Yeah. Person, you, you can't even imagine how breathtaking it is. And, and to think that some guys took that job, and said, okay, well, we're going to build a park, <laughs> we're going to put it in the water, and it's the size of a bus, but we're going to figure out how to move. Like, I feel like the restoration of that shark is my thank you to every single special effects technician from the 1920s until now, because they never said we, they never said no, they just said, we're going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Really, when the museum opens, hopefully they stick to the December opening because mm -hmm. I can't wait for people to see it because it, it completely puts uh, special effects technicians in a new light in terms of looking at it going, how the heck do no. you even start 
Like what's day one of that job? You get hired on Jaws. What is day one? Like yeah. how do you know with a bunch of guys and go, okay, we're going to build the shark and this is what it has to do. And they did it. And it's, it's a, it's a magnificent um, triumph for all of those guys. And so I'm, I'm honored that, that I had a chance to restore the shark for future generations. Oh, James, no that's so great. So Luke has one particular picture. I think <laughs> that he wanted to show. <laughs> and this was before we knew like who it was. I predicted and I went to conventions dressed as Abraham with the bat on uh, my head. And I ended up being on like sci-fi channel on uh, Comic-Con <laughs> and everything. But um, I was at conventions, but I'd run into like multiple special effects people. And they're like, oh, I know Greg personally. And they said they like sent this picture to you personally but I, i'm not sure if you actually did see it but i did this was see my it prediction i remember this photo it's great listen i mean that 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 it's so that whole episode and yeah. so much of what went into making that and the 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 sheer split that that episode had with fans and with people and uh, fans of the comic book that were excited to get to that moment and people that, you know, I mean, me, one of them being so sad to see Steven and Michael go. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the the, the, the players and the fans of the show, you know, I I think I saw more people dressed as Abraham uh, and more people dressed as, as Glenn with an eyeball hanging out <laughs> yeah. than I would have ever expected. So Greg, we are kind of bumping up close. We're almost done here, but I, we, I do have to, we just have a couple more questions, but one of them, um, this being the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th and you and Tom Sabina go, go back so far. Do you, from that original Friday the 13th way back then, do you have any of the, the makeup effects or anything that you could talk about that you just thought were just stand out in the time. Well, I, I took my high school girlfriend to see Friday the 13th in the theater. And that was before I knew Tom. I mean, I was just a fan because I didn't meet Tom until creep show, but mm-hmm. Tom was sort of the guy that did Dawn of the dead and the guy that, it, it, so I knew who he was. You know, in Pittsburgh, because Tom was from Pittsburgh and I was from Pittsburgh, when Dawn of the Dead came out, there was a lot of like um, news, like PBS did a half hour special just on Tom. There was a lot of stuff about him on the local TV. So I knew who he was. And so with Friday the 13th, I took this girl, I'm like, oh my God, this guy that did special effects, best guys in the world. And I just, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for it. She definitely wasn't ready for it. <laughs> but I remember learning and understanding even more about Tom and the way that he would develop certain gags by using magic tricks, like sleight of hand, you know? Like the, 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 the one scene where the girl gets hit in the head with the axe, and you see the axe raise up, and the axe hits the light fixture and knocks the light fixture around. And I was like, oh, well, I realized that the reason that that was done was so that you could see that it was a real axe and that the real axe had weight to it and it hit the light fixture. And then, of course, the actual impact on the fake head, there was these great pictures in Fangoria of the fake head that Tom had made, but it didn't end up in the movie. You just see the aftermath of the girls with the axe stuck in her face. 
But, you know, I think that was one of the first times when I started realizing that special effects were almost a, a co-star in the movie along with the actor. Mm-hmm. That was one of the moments when you started realizing that between um, Friday the 13th and then all the other films that started to come out afterwards, that the guy that did the special effects was as famous as uh, the other stars. You know, having grown up in Pittsburgh, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, my family's not in the film industry. So I think a lot of people sort of look at my career and they're like, wow, man, you've done a ton of stuff. I, like I was supposed to be pre-med, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I actually, uh, my grandfather was a truck driver in Pittsburgh. So like we had to kind of work our way, uh, work our way into this, into this world. And between Jaws, Dawn of the Dead, Creepshow, I was a massive, massive fan of George Romero's. You know, yeah. there was a show on Saturday night called Chiller Theater. It yep. was hosted by a guy named Bill Cardill. Bill played the news reporter in Night Living Dead. So there was all this kind of weird, interesting um, confluences that all sort of seemed to meet right in Pittsburgh. Uh, and so I met George Romero. And he had offered me a job on Creepshow as a production assistant. Like, if you talk to any filmmaker or you look at anyone's resume, you know, they always have the troupe that they love to work with. You know, they surround themselves with people that that they want to be in the trenches with. Quentin has it. Robert Rodriguez has it. Frank Darabont uh, has it. You know, all these guys have this, you know, sort of, who do you want to be stuck on a desert island with sort of scenario? And for me, I was fortunate enough to to become friends with George. And that's where I met Tom Savini was on the set of Creepshow. It changed the direction of my life profoundly. Hey, Katie, do you have a final question for Greg? Uh, I had a totally random question. And it was a lot of people watch TV or movies while eating, like when they're eating dinner, they sit down and, and, and watch a show, which is what I always do. <laughs> do you ever take that into consideration when your shows are being made? Do you ever think, oh, this might don't eat while you're watching this? Or does that phase you? Or do you even think about it? Or is it just not something <laughs> that across your mind? You know, I, I don't think about it because <laughs> it's funny. I have, a, I have a different perspective on things because I guess because I know it's not real. Yeah. So in my head, obviously, I look at it, even when we were shooting this stuff, going back to that episode of The Walking Dead with uh, Glenn and Abraham, you know, we we very specifically shot all of the characters' reactions up to a specific point. And then when we did the makeups on Steven, it was sort of like I was in kind of like, okay, I need this shot with this makeup, and then I need this shot with the head. and I, So it became very clinical for me i don't react to things the same way that that the viewers do because i break it down very differently but Mm -hmm. with that being said i certainly can understand why people would get upset (laughs) or or be or be affected by gore yeah Uh, it's the doctor in you instances when i had seen something you know in luch pulchi zombie when the when the girl gets the splinter in the eye, uh, 
if you haven't seen that gag in a long in a long time, watch it again. It's one of the most brilliant, brilliantly executed special effects makeup gags ever, hmm. uh, and it's so horrific. And I remember seeing it and just like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Luke, do you have a final question for Greg? Yeah, my final question is if you could like work on any dream property you have not done yet, what would that be? Ooh. Is that going back in time or just forward yeah. in time? Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. We, we, we play this game sometimes where it's like, if you could go back in time and work on any movie, what would it be? Um, or like recreate a series like you did Creep Show kind of for a property. Yeah, you know, there's, I love, um, I love John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. And yeah. it was on again the other night, actually. And I started watching it. It's such a really unique idea that I, that I keep playing around with the idea of wanting to do that. You know, I just read recently a, a draft of The Day of the Triffids, which, which is a movie that I really liked uh, quite a bit when I was younger. And I thought that the, that the script was an interesting take on it. But, you know, I always, I always sort of gravitate to that kind of material that sort of, it's got this weird apocalyptic resonance to it and, and what people do to survive, which is kind of what we're doing now. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the Steer Guys show. It, this has been such an honor. Also, everyone, thank you for watching. Um, we really appreciate it. You can check us out on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All right, Cheeseman and Katie. Katie, where can we find you online? Um, I'm Katie. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KT underscore Christine. Also active on the Scare Guy Twitter and Instagram, but also a host here at After Buzz, and I do the Batwoman and Riverdale after shows that you can check out. Cheeseman. And I'm Cheeseman. Well, usually Cheeseman on the couch, Cheeseman on the chair, but you can find me on Twitter at Cheese on Couch and on the scareguy.com. And I just want to say, Greg, it's such an honor to virtually yes. meet you. This is such an honor. Big fan of yours. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Greg, where can people find you? Uh, I am at G Nicotero on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of that other stuff. <laughs> uh, so Instagram is the only place you can find me. All right. And you can find me at Jim Fry LA. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will be back for more shows later in this season. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Greg. This has been such a great week. I have so enjoyed it. I look forward to Shark Week every year. I love Discovery Channel Shark Week. And um, although we cannot claim any kind of ownership over Shark Week, this year we just wanted to kind of Get, get in on the fun and make it extra special by celebrating my most favorite shark movie of all time. And it's and I know Luke and uh, Ben, you guys kind of have like a deeper connection to it still. But this has been so much fun. Have you guys, what do you guys thought about this week? Oh, it's been a blast. Yeah. It's been just a bit, as being my favorite movie ever and just being able to talk with these people is like I was a kid again. So, I mean, if you get these opportunities in your life, just uh, seize those opportunities. This has been amazing talking to them. So I've, mm -hmm. I've loved everybody we've talked to. It's just been so great. Like, I loved talking with Carl Gottlieb, an icon from, like, the 70s and 80s and with, with such great movies. Like, I mean, I could talk to that guy forever, and hopefully I'll get another chance to do it. I, I would love to go visit Joe Owls. I mean, 
he has so much stuff. And did you even just the stuff he had right there was so great. And and I got to say, it was one of my um, highlights. Speaking with uh, Greg Nicotero, we interviewed him a little bit earlier, myself, Katie, and Luke. And we were talking with him about a lot of stuff, his love of uh, the original Friday the 13th and Walking Dead. But there is no bigger fan in Hollywood than Greg Nicotero and talking about how he is restoring the original, one of the last remaining original molds from the film. And Luke, you and I, we went down there to the junkyard where this used to be, the the the, jo- the Jaws mold. Remember that? Yeah, we, we saw it when it was hanging up there in the junkyard, but they've totally have redone it. They put new teeth. I mean, it, it looks amazing. And as Greg was saying, if you see it in person, it just will blow your mind. You can see the pictures online, but there's nothing like seeing this thing that's like the size of a bus. Uh-huh. And you'll be able to hopefully see it at the end of the year at the at this museum that they're putting it in that he talked about. But man, and also I do want to say on these shows we've talked about, there's a lot of great books and things out there now. Support the Designing Jaws by Joe Alves. It's such a good book. So many great pictures of behind the scenes. Check out the Return of the Orca Project and definitely donate. And you can be part of Jaws history if you do that. And a lot Put your of- name in the credits. Yep. Yep. You get your name in the credits. And also, you know, a lot of these people do cameos so you can get shout outs if you're a big fan. And also they'll be doing conventions right now. Some of them are doing virtual. Jeffrey Kramer's doing one this month. So you can meet him and possibly get some signed stuff as well if you'd like. And Joe Alves has a website as well. He does sign storyboards and other sign things that he has. So make sure to look these people up because you may be able to meet them as well virtually or in person. Don't forget Carl Gottlieb's book. Yeah, and do not forget Jaws Log, one of the best books I've read and one of the biggest, if not the, I think it is the biggest book of all time that we said of behind the scenes mm-hmm. of making a film. So definitely check it out. It's it's better than you can imagine just hearing all these stories, especially if you're a Jaws fan. All right, Ben. Yeah. This week has just been so much fun. I love, I love talking to guys who did like big stuff like 30, 40 years ago, like that that were involved in this like second golden age of Hollywood, so to speak, that uh, Carl specifically mentioned, I think. But talking to Joe, talking to Carl, even talking to like Jeffrey Kramer, um, these guys were adults back in the 70s. With David and uh, Jeffrey Voorhees, they were kids. So they talked about their experience then, which was awesome and amazing. But to hear about these guys that came up and they were making movies with Spielberg in the 70s and you know, Carl was writing and Joe was designing and it was kind of this thing where they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants. It wasn't the same way that movies are made now. And just to hear them tell all these stories, I always say I could, you know, you can ask them one question and they'll go on for 20 minutes. And they did. And and they did. And you don't want them to stop. And none of it is baloney. Like it's all interesting and it's all cool. So I had a blast this week just listening to these guys tell these stories about how they came up and how they got involved with Jaws. And, you know, they were just hanging out with Steven Spielberg because in the seventies he was just Steven, you know, and now he's Spielberg and it's, it's just great and awesome listening to these guys. Hey, we do want to do a shout out and a big thank you to that hashtag show network who has been hosting our uh, regular con guy show and this special week of shark week episodes uh, as always brought to you by Neft vodka, reminding you to please drink responsibly. Uh, and there it is. Luke's 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 got it right there. Neft vodka poke. Oh, um, and, <laughs> 
and they have just been such a gracious network to invite us on uh, and and host our show. And so uh, we've we've been having a blast with all the uh, all the folks over there at that hashtag show. Be sure to check out some of their other programming. They've got some really awesome stuff. And uh, stay tuned to the Con Guy uh, for future episodes. We're going to have great episodes and great guests coming up in the next few weeks and months Mm -hmm. and uh coming to you over video as long as we are on stay at home and savor at home uh and stay safe out there everybody stay healthy stay safe wear a mask stay six feet apart it's easy to do uh and yeah all right they even have really cool jaws masks you can get right now if you want to go yeah get those anyways thank you guys so much you can find us at thekanguy.com or check out us on all social media thekanguy.com and um luke uh ben where can people find you luke well as i've been saying on the show you can find me on twitter and instagram at cheese on couch and you can see me a lot on thekanguy.com and thescareguy.com that's right and uh, for me, I'm a regular contributor to that hashtag show's website. I'm an occasional contributor to theconguy.com, and you can find me on all social media, and that's mostly just Twitter and Instagram, at B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R. And uh, follow, like, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll communicate with you. If you shoot me a message or something, uh, I'll shoot you a message back, and we'll, uh, we'll be friends online. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We look forward to seeing you guys in the weeks to come. Bye-bye.